It's episode 1043, and it's the Relevant Podcast here in Orlando. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and joining me from Loverland, Virginia, is Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. From Nashville, Tennessee, our managing editor, downtown Emily Brown. Hey, y'all. I thought you was going to save me, bruh. I thought you were going to go with I was saving the best for last. Best for last. Artist, producer, mogul, Derek Miner. I I forgot, Emily. You know what I'm saying? Like, now I got to share the the pleasure of saying from Nashville. Share the city. We have a good show in store for you today. Coming to later, we talk to SEU Worship. They're part of this, like, we did an article this week at relevantmagazine.com kind of highlighting five new worship bands that you need to know about. And SEU was part of that. And uh, there's just an exciting kind of new wave of worship coming up right now. And they are definitely in the throes in the middle of that wave. So we talked to them coming up later. Uh, We're excited about that. Your feedback's at the end of the show. And uh, we also have relevant buzz. But I think before we get going, we need to bring our group chat to the world. Uh, And we need to talk balloons. It was active. It was active this weekend on Super Bowl Sunday. Um, It had nothing to do with the Super Bowl. No. I mean... (laughs) You know, a lot of the world woke up to, to, to you know, being excited about the Super Bowl. Not us. First thing, I, I, I actually, my little behind the curtain, my daughter has been, as, as listeners of the show know, I played my flu game. I had my flu game pod last week. That's working its way through the household. So my <laughs> daughter was sick in the middle of the night on Saturday night. So I got up to help her. She's seven years old. And I get back. I don't know about you guys, but if I'm up in the middle of the night, it's it's a while before I fall back asleep. I'm up for an hour or two, right? I can't just turn the light back off. So I start scrolling Twitter, reading the news, and I see that fighter pilots have shot down unidentified aerial objects over, you know, Canada, over a lake, you know, in Michigan. In Michigan yeah. And, and over Alaska. You know, I, I become instantly fascinated. <laughs> But there's a couple of things I want to talk about here, guys, before we get into what these objects are and and kind of the speculation. This whole thanks a lot, China, because now ever since this balloon, everyone, it's all we're talking about now (laughs) is shooting stuff out of the sky, right? And it has just become because that became such like a weird political thing. It's like if we see anything in the sky, the answer is immediate. Dispatch F-22s and blow it out of the, the sky with a missile. Think about think of, we all just saw Top Gun, right? The new Top Gun movie, Top <laughs> mm-hmm. Gun 2. Mm-hmm. Most of the movie was them planning for this mission. I would love a Top Gun 3 that is literally a 15 minute and they call Maverick and they're like, we've got your most dangerous mission yet. He's like, I'm ready. I'm ready. We have a, a balloon that we want you to pop with a <laughs> missile. And it's this, okay, what's the training? They're like, oh, there's no training. It's the size of like eight school buses. It's almost impossible to miss like you could shoot the missile in the general proximity and just the wind of the missile will probably it is so huge it's actually a challenge to, to miss not hit it yeah, yeah with the balloon yeah and most of the movie is just a montage of him high-fiving on the deck of the aircraft carrier after blowing that balloon out of the sky what an anticlimactic mission if you're a fighter pilot you're always going to be the one it's like Hey, what was your best dogfight story? Well, I wasn't really a dogfight guy, but I popped like four balloons <laughs> with missiles. Literal hellfire missiles okay. against a giant balloon. Okay, we're recording this on Wednesday. The show's going to come out on Friday. So maybe things will develop between now and then. But I do want to point out to the listeners some things that we've actually learned and shared with each other. So the China balloon. So the one question is why have all of a sudden are we finding all this stuff in the sky? So the China mm-hmm. balloon, obviously a few weeks ago, we know about. Well, when that happened, then the U.S. military broadened its radar. So our radar was high altitude radar was just tuned for fast moving objects like planes and yeah. missiles. And when we saw the China balloon, which was moved so slowly, it was not detected by radar. They broadened the radar. And that's when they started seeing all these other objects, these other three balloons. But what's crazy is these other three since the China balloon are nothing like the China balloon and are not spy satellites from China. This is that's been confirmed by the military. They are they fly at a lower altitude. They are more like the size of a four wheeler versus this massive balloon that Jesse said is un you know, missable. 
the the Chinese balloon flies at 60,000 feet. It so I'm thinking a balloon is just kind of floating mindlessly yeah. up in the sky. No, that balloon had propulsion. It could go it could go left, right, up, down and could stop and loiter over a spot. They could control it. These other little metal four-wheeler sized things are dumb and they just float with the air. They they can't be there's no propulsion on them. So they're totally different things and nobody knows what they are. I mean, they could be weather balloons. It could be like research balloons from a university or something like that. But you think if they were, the university would have said something like, hey, quit popping our balloons, you know? So like, well, or it's some garage project, <laughs> you know what I mean? From just like a little father and son. But like, hey, we'll but they're throwing weather balloons. But they're finding them over Uruguay's airspace. And, and China says that they found some over China's airspace. So it's like, what are these metal four-wheeler size things that have Y'all no propulsion? Y'all already know what they are. Y'all already know I what they are. they're just from someone's birthday party. That uh, just, you uh, know, the balloon uh, flew uh, off uh, and like, they couldn't catch what it. What four-wheeler uh, size balloon? Maybe it was a it's gender a reveal. And it just, the the <laughs> aliens told yeah. y'all. They said, we sick of it. <laughs> They said we sick of them. We let y'all borrow the you planet think for alien a couple. Balloons? Bro, we let y'all borrow the planet for a couple thousand years. I come back, y'all done made a mess of the whole thing. So they now they got their little uh four wheeler things, their little things that they use to just research us. They dropped them all around the planet, and then they just looking, and then we just shot them down. That's an act of war. Now uh Zordot is on his way with the strap. <laughs> And it's not a game. So, hey, it was not, hey, hey, enjoy look, yourself. I, if, Live free. Be happy. L- listen, if this is the al- if this is the alien invasion that we've all been waiting on, and it's just a bunch of balloons, not too bad, guys. I think we really <laughs> dodged a bullet. I feel like we have a very festive uh, race of aliens that have come to visit us. But, you know, we've got it's a good not chance. as bad as the movies. If if the movies, if the if alien invasion movies were just a bunch of balloons falling. And letting us shoot us down, like it, it, it's like a carnival game, like darts and balloons. Like we're, this is fun. This is this. They're just they're playing with us here. You know, one of the disturbing things is one of the missiles that they shot missed initially. How and I saw miss? a story. They're like, "It's going to come, the, gonna come <laughs> down much, somewhere." Bro. Yeah, <laughs> you know that fighter pilot's like, "Ready, aim, fire!" And he's like sitting there. Oh, um. <laughs> Reload. Right. Uh, <laughs> Reload. <laughs> we don't have anything. We don't have any weapon in the arsenal that isn't a half million dollar gigantic missile that we could shoot a, a, a four yeah, size balloon a, with. A, like we don't have anything slightly smaller. You just walk up and pop, just pop that bug <laughs> with a needle. Yeah. My thing is just fly by it and let the wing clip yeah, it exactly. and pop it. I mean, like, pop, you know, you don't need to waste anyway. I'm very yeah, curious. Or, or what do these what you are. do when there's a when you're a kid and like your your ball gets stuck in the tree. Just throw football at it. Like I just want to see someone riding on the wing of a fighter jet. That's the <laughs> just next lean out that's of the, the next Top Gun. Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise, no shirt, strapped to the wing of a fighter jet with a football, and he just so it's one of those biplanes where like he's out on the wing, like mm-hmm. in the 1920s. Okay, <laughs> isn't it yep. amazing though how yeah. politics made this such a crazy thing? It was like, yo, Joe Biden's like, hey, we're studying it. Everybody's like, yo, we're studying it. We want to make sure we shoot it down. We don't want to shoot it down over populated places. Now, and everybody was like, oh, if it was me, I would have shot it with a machine gun. Da 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 da. Now it's like anything in the sky. That is not marked correctly. Like you're getting shot down. So I'm just saying, like, look, if you got your prop plane or whatever, you better make sure you put an American flag on the side of it. Because that thing <laughs> is, is in dire straits right now, bro. Like, let you know, you you better slap an American flag on the side of that mug. Cause I'm telling you, we're not playing no more. We're not playing with ET. We're not playing with Chinese balloons. We're not even playing with regular balloons. I believe if you let some regular balloons up too high to the sky, they shooting them down too. So just letting you know, the block is hot. You know what? You know what's like? I, I, what, the thing that baffles me is that these things were so dumb, our radar didn't yeah, detect wild. them. Right? It's that's like wild. it's like the, all of this was existing invisibly. We had no idea. It's like the military went into a bad motel room with a black light and yeah. turned off the lights and then saw what was really <laughs> going on in the room that we couldn't see with our naked eye. You know what I mean? But it's in, like they brought in the radar and all of a sudden there's balloons everywhere. You know? But, but instead of cleaning solution, instead of like the, the 
<laughs> aviation version of cleaning solution of like, you know, kind of pushing them out. It's like, we got to blow them up with missiles. Everything. <laughs> with missiles. Don't even, don't ask questions. If you see something, <laughs> blow it up with a missile. Is there footage you know? of this stuff getting blown up? I kind of, at least, can we at least yeah. get the footage? The, the China balloon, the China balloon, there is yeah. footage. There's footage of the, uh, the big I'm one. About but I'm talking about other things that, that got shot down. Is there any footage of those? I haven't seen a picture of them. They they describe them as right? like like jelly bean oh. shaped. Oh yeah, octagon shaped. That's what it was. Octagon shaped, size of a four wheeler, smaller than a car. Uh, they're metal looking, and they have no propulsion. They just kind of float there at forty thousand feet. They they don't see any sort of like uh, devices connected to them. Or whereas with the China balloon, they could see the surveillance. I bet equipment. it's Elon Musk. They, man. they don't. Elon know. Musk probably got some stuff. That's like SpaceX, the first one. And he just he left it up to there. get to Mars in a balloon. He just left it up there. Can, can I be? Can I be honest? Oh, that's where I left it. I left a couple <laughs> advanced weird sil- metal cylinders somewhere. Oh, now, I left it in I, Uruguay. <laughs> I left it in Uruguay. Yeah, that, <laughs> I'll be honest. When that. I saw the video, there's one video of the Chinese balloon getting shot down that was taken from like a cell phone that looks like someone on the beach. Like you can see it. You know, watching the video of that Chinese balloon getting blown out of the sky. I wanted to start cheering USA right there. I felt extremely patriotic. USA, like this Fourth of July, USA. when you're at when you're at like a like I went I was at the Washington Nationals game during the Fourth of July this past year, and they did like fireworks and they played like a very patriotic video of like you know you have like Mount Rushmore, you have soldiers like coming home, you have like you know slow mo American flag. This year there better be a couple clips of that balloon coming down, and you know the stadium. Yeah. America and that's the audio behind it. It was the most patriotic. America, (laughs) America, and it's just multiple shots of that Chinese balloon just getting blown out of the sky with a missile. Speaking of patriotism, I don't think America has been more patriotic in years, other than or uh, Chris Stapleton's. National anthem at the Super Bowl. Undeniable. I mean, grown men bawling. The coach crying. Everybody yeah, was coach, crying. Yeah. I think Stapleton, that was like, man. I ain't gonna lie. That was a little I far. We, I think we fly Stapleton up there. I think we put Stapleton in the fighter jet. That, that was that was worship. <laughs> and he sings the national anthem as he shoots down a balloon. <laughs> the, the hair Damn, blowing in the wind. Yeah. It was wor- worship of what? Know, it was worship of something. Whatever they was thinking in their mind. Like, I ain't crying. Like, look, bruh. Hey, now, first of all, I know I'm cracking jokes, but the coach for Philly he said, now this why this why I'm gonna give him a pass. Now the other dude, I think it was Kelsey. I don't know if I can give him a pass. Yeah, Kelsey. But I'm gonna get a culture pass because he said he dreamed of that day and he would listen to the Whitney Houston uh national anthem rendition all the time. So for me, I'm like, okay, the context behind that made all the sense in the world. It's like, okay, you in the moment. It's not about that. Kelsey, I don't know. My man was he was he was worshiping. He might look, but here's the thing. The way Chris Stapleton sung the song. It literally could have been a gospel song. Like it could have been a gospel song. Dude. It could have been a song about your about your significant other. Like that had a lot of sauce on the national anthem. I found yeah. myself standing that's, up in my why. living room on top of the table. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I don't got no American flag in the crib, Dude. but I was standing on my table. Dude. It was fire. I, that, that's what I'm saying. Next, it was so next fun balloon. to be watching like Twitter discover right. Chris Stapleton, like black Twitter mm-hmm, in particular, mm-hmm. like, holy cow, this dude is sold. This dude in country, yeah. you know, like there, it was great, man. He was awesome. The next Chinese balloon. I'm telling you, it's a fighter jet with no glass top. There's, it's just convertible. He doesn't have the flight suit or the helmet. He just got a pair of Ray-Bans. So he's going to Yes. <laughs> He'll be all right. He'll be all right. You're only up there. I mean, it's, it's a balloon, man. He can, you can go up, come right back down. You can hold your breath. But, but I thought the point was so that he could sing. Boy. I mean, you could. He he will sing on the way down on his victory lap. <laughs> you know, He's doing the blue angels will join him, and he will and he will be. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, this is U- USA donuts. He's going to write USA <laughs> and then do a bunch of like donuts those smoke the planes and the the sky riding <laughs> wow. planes. He, yep. So Chris wow. Stapleton will be in a sky riding plane to shoot down the Chinese balloon, and he will fly in the pattern that says USA. This is a this is a this USA, is a crazy USA. visual I just had in my head. It's like I'm just going to let y'all know. So wow, he's going to bring he's going to bring so everyone. So we put him in one of the Jetsons cars, is what you're saying? Like a Jetsons car, he's going to go up there. He's going to 
heavily, armed, heavily armed car from the Jetsons. <laughs> go up there and just blow the balloons up. His hair blowing in the wind, you know, and and we're all just on the shore, just yeah, get that balloon, you know, light it up. Can you imagine being in the Air Force and like that is the ultimate thing that you have to go do is like shoot balloons down, like that's your duty, that's your route, hey, like you're on balloon country. patrol for a country. I would, I would love to be like like one of the like skunk works or DARPA, one of those like advanced like weapons things. And like, guys, we got a brand new weapon in the American arsenal. And it's a long broomstick with a nail on the end. They're like, it's, it's for, <laughs> like a javelin. We got the robot dogs. Now we got, yeah. Now we have broom with nail tape to the end for the book for, or yeah, stick with the nail at the end. Wow. All right, well, there you go. Let's move the show along. Let's talk about some other news. Stay tuned. Up next, it's Relevant Buzz. Listening to Munya, the song is Coco Beach. Little fun fact: Coco Beach, not a great beach. <laughs> it's it's thirty miles from my house, and this it, it doesn't even have like sand. It's like its sand is like crunched up shells. It's like ugh. Anyway, much better beaches around here than Coco Beach, Munya. Why'd you write that? Season four of The Chosen is in theaters now, and the reviews that count are in. Amazing. Did not disappoint. Flurry of emotions. It was powerful, heartbreaking, uplifting. You have got to come and see it. It is a message for everybody. I highly recommend that you come out and see The Chosen Season 4. Episodes 1 through 3 of The Chosen Season 4 are in theaters till February 14th. So visit thechosenriseup.com and get your tickets now. That's thechosenriseup.com for tickets today. Okay, it's time for... Relevant Buzz. All right. Tell us what's happening at the intersection of faith and culture this week, Emily. All right. Um, I feel like we have to start talking with uh, the Asbury University campus revival. Are you guys aware of this? Have I been following it at all? It's been going on for a month, right? I've seen, I've seen some news. Yeah. It's about like a week. No, it's been quite a month. It's been about a week and a half. Yeah. Um, like we said, we're recording February 15th. It started February 8th. So it's been going on for um, nonstop for a week now. Um, for any listeners that don't know, uh, Asbury University is a private Christian university in Kentucky. And for at the time of this recording, 133 hours now, they have been having nonstop worship, praise, just revival happening on campus. Um, and uh, it's been shared on social media. A lot of people from different places all over the country are starting to like come. Um, and it, it hasn't slowed down yet. And, you know, we don't really know where it's going now, but um, it is interesting to see just on social media. Um, there's been a lot of really cool eyewitness accounts too. I actually want to read one of them from uh, a student who attends the university, um, Alexandra Presta. She's the editor of the student paper and um, her just account of it is really cool. Um, she said, peers, professors, local church leaders, and seminary students surround me, all of them praying, worshiping, and praising God together. Voices are ringing out. People are bowing at the altar, arms stretched wide. A pair of friends cling to each other in a hug, one with tears in her eyes. A diverse group of individuals crowd the piano and flawlessly switch from song to song. Some even sit like me with laptops open. No one wants to leave. I heard it's also, it's now starting to spread. We're getting word that like it, same thing is happening at Lee University in Cleveland, Tennessee, and um, rumblings of it sparking at other universities as well, which is really, really cool. Really and this was, this was pretty organic, right? Like, yeah, it was just it a chapel service. Where, it was literally yeah. a chapel service that had a, a altar call uh, for repentance and stuff, and a bunch of students went up. And during that time of prayer, uh, the worship team started playing, and the, the student congregation started worshiping, and they just felt you know, the reports we're hearing is they really felt the Holy Spirit just kind of is the Holy Spirit's presence in that place. And so the worship continued mm-hmm. and the prayer time continued. And now a week later, it hasn't stopped 24 mm-hmm. hours wow. a day. This yeah. is the kind of stories and I'm glad are, we get to cover. Like, I'm glad that we're getting 
these because I feel like we constantly have so much bad news that, you know, the news of people yeah. just 24 hours just worshiping God, you know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. and I'm sure people are having great emotional experiences and, and, and living on the high. And then now the idea of it spreading, like that's beautiful. And right. I, I think we need things like that to happen. We need God. We need God right now because it's been a dark, dark, dark couple of years. Uh, so we're, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm thankful for any light that we get. So praise the Lord. Yeah. And I love that it's starting with like college students, too. And mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. Um, you know, because mm-hmm. like we've talked about so many times, just the the future of the church with the younger generation. There's a lot of ups and downs. And so to see that this is starting with the next generation, these kids in their 20s um, who just don't want to stop worshiping and are just wanting to keep this going. Um, it's been, it's been really cool to see on social media, just the way that, um, people have shared videos and talked about their personal experiences that have gone. Yeah. I mean, the cool thing I mean, I'm on the staff historian, cause we've been doing this a long time. <laughs> and so Emily and I were talking about this, like, 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 obviously this isn't new revival has happened a lot, but like relevant was birthed out of something like this that was happening from like the mid nineties to the late two thousands. Like, um, it's there was like revivals going on that people heard about, like the Toronto Blessing, Brownsville Revival, and stuff like that. And like I remember going to Toronto when I was in college and just traveling there because we heard God was moving and we wanted to see it for ourselves. And at the hotel, like there was like groups of college students and like that had like just like I'm talking to them, like they hopped in a van. They, they you know, the, you're from Indianapolis. They're from Seattle. They're from Florida. And like, they just heard God was moving and they just got their friends and they got in a van and just came. And like, that's starting to be happening at Asbury. Like we're hearing the same rumblings of like people just showing up from other places. And then it's like, God moves and packs their lives. And then they kind of take it back to their towns mm. and stuff. And it's like, that's how revival mm-hmm. spreads. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, literally I'm talking about like relevant was like birthed out of it at the Toronto one is where the Lord, I mean, I don't want to over spiritualize it, but like I was praying for vision and calling and the Lord gave me the idea for relevant. And I literally on the hotel nightstand pad wrote down the business plan for relevant mm. and, and like it was birthed there. And so like, and then in the two thousands, there was a big college movement of like 24 seven prayer Relevance first cover story in our print magazine 2003 was of Pete Gregg and the 24-7 prayer movement that was happening in London. And these prayer rooms were happening everywhere. That's where Sean Foyt got his start in Tulsa doing like uh, 24-7 prayer rooms. And like there, there was like this college movement in the early 2000s of prayer and intercession and worship revival that was truly happening. And, and a lot of universities and a lot of churches started doing 24 seven prayer rooms, like as an outgrowth of that for seven, eight, nine years, it was like a real movement. It was interesting because that movement was happening in pair in tandem with like the emergent movement, like kind of deconstruction yeah. and stuff. And so it was like relevant had this foot in both worlds. It was mm. really interesting time that, the 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 2000s and then it's like nothing's really we haven't heard much about that in the last decade because i feel like faith has become so partisan Mm. and everything's changed you know and it's like so for this like organic thing to be sparking again is just so exciting for me because like we like derek said need a reset Mm -hmm. the church needs a reset Mm -hmm. and if this is organically happening at the college movement and college level like it's i i just hope that this is a spark of a flame that that spreads widely you know well and too it's to your point it's it's organic and you know we we kind of talked about maybe not a dry spell but it's been a while since i think something like this has entered sort of like the cultural religious zeitgeist you know an event like this but it's also not being like commodified or anything it's not like hey you can pay tickets for this tour date or this revival is going to break or whatever and i'm not bashing any one thing or another but i'm just saying this isn't something that seems like there's like a plan or strategy behind it it seems extremely earnest which i think is a really positive thing. The other know. thing that's really unique about this one is all the stuff I was just talking about from 15, 20 years ago was more birthed out of the charismatic stream, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, Bethel and IHOP and that stream, you know. Um, and this, if you watch any of the video, is very Baptist. <laughs> and the people talking about it at Stetzer's and other kind of Baptist, prominent Baptist pastors and stuff are talking about revival. And the stuff that was happening 15, 20 years ago really didn't 
jump over into the Baptist stream. It really kind of stayed more on the charismatic side of things. And so like that is really fascinating to me is that this is being birthed out of the non-charismatic stream, which, hey, many streams, but one river, mm-hmm. you know, I love what God's doing. And, but it's like, that is what's unique to me about this is that this isn't typically a church stream that talks about revival, you know? So, um, yay. <laughs> I mean, I think it's awesome. Yeah. Cool. What else you got? Very much switching gears. But um, I know we've talked a lot about the economy and wages and things like that, but there is a crazy new study um, that came up from Zillow. Are you going to talk about Taylor Swift not knowing that eggs are expensive from from the Listen, Grammys? If we and could the- just have the entire time to talk about Taylor Swift, you know I would do it. Um, <laughs> with, what Cameron and I are talking about, for people that may not know, is there is there was a joke at the Grammys a few weeks ago um, about from Trevor Noah telling Taylor Swift like to get the Swifties on the price of eggs. And she was kind of like, okay, whatever. Like, like the clip is like, she has no clue that eggs are expensive. Like, and everybody's like, she's so out of touch. Anyway, that's not what this piece is about. I mean, if you had all the money she had, you could, you could, like I told you, she got eggs. Buy all the eggs you want. want. (laughs) (laughs) I'll blame her for being out of touch. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? She's been hoarding eggs uh, (laughs) for, for decades, for, for most of her career out. This is not surprising. She's a big egg person. Did it come out that she, out of all the celebrities, like they track the planes and she uses her private plane more than any other pop culture celebrity. Like she, like she'll fly to go to the Whole Foods and get eggs in her private jet. You know, like she's like, she uses it for everything. I'm trying to tell y'all, God has not blessed me with the Tay Tay money because I'd be a fool. Yet. Like I don't lie. Well, here's the most concerning part about that story. It's been underreported. She converted that jet to run on egg yolks a while back. (laughs) And that's the shortage. That's causing the shortage. (laughs) Now it's a whole thing. You know, everybody's saying that it's the avian flu. That's killing all the chickens. It's not. It's her aviation. Avi- Avi- People are getting Avi- it wrong. Avi- aviation. Right. Taylor Swift's aviation is creating at the, the egg time. Shortage. At yeah. the time, she thought she was doing the right thing for climate change by not burning fossil fuels. <laughs> uh, eggs were, you know, we you couldn't go anywhere without stepping over eggs. I mean, you know, <laughs> you boil, you boil dozens of them at Easter just to paint them. So you're saying she flies flies her plane so much. That by you converting it to egg fuel, she Listen, has she caused tried the global to do the egg right shortage. Thing. She tried right. to do the right thing. Yeah. I mean, she's she's basically doing egg souffles, uh, flying around most of the United States day to day, and Man. causing big problems down here on Earth. Yeah. Anyway, the economy. What's going on, Emily? It physically pains me to hear Taylor Swift slander. Um, yes, the economy, <laughs> not caused by Taylor Swift. Um, no, this new report from Zillow is equally as crazy as the egg thing. Um, Zillow found that it takes nearly four full-time minimum wage workers to afford a two-bedroom apartment. Um, So if you want to live in a two-bedroom apartment and you make minimum wage, you need either three roommates or you need to have full-time jobs or four full-time jobs. Four four full-time jobs. Yeah. To afford afford a a two-bedroom apartment. Average Mm -hmm. rent rate. At the thirty percent measure that your that your housing cost isn't more than thirty percent of your income, yeah, you have to have four income. So that means that the standard rent is more than a full annual salary mm-hmm. if you make minimum wage. That's it's just crazy. So like the affordability yeah. crisis, and obviously it depends on what city you live in and stuff. But I mean, on average, yeah, it's if you make minimum wage and you. And you, if you are in a two bedroom apartment, you're going to have three roommates. So and you're, that means you're also sharing. But a that's room just like normal someone, cities. Like I a heard fully grown adult. I heard the same study for Austin, Texas specifically is you have to have six roommates. Yeah. Like like the uh, average apartment in Austin is so much more than minimum wage there. Mm-hmm. Nashville, so. too. You come out here. Nashville, it, especially for the people that are natives. We're not used to paying these numbers like these were numbers you would hear in like Chicago or, mm-hmm. you know, well, I mean, LA. when I was looking for an apartment, you know, I'm, I have a full-time salary job. I'm not even, I'm making more than minimum wage. I was still kind of having to be really cautious about places I was living because there were so many mm-hmm. places that it was like, I can't afford to live there. And it's like, I have a, a very good paying job. And it's like, if I'm struggling to find a place and like having to look in all these places, someone who, you know, for whatever reason can only get like a minimum wage job, I don't know how they're like finding homes like i don't know how they're able to afford any of this well th- thankfully there may be some relief in sight 
for, you know, the housing shortage just because like new development right. basically ceased at the at the beginning of the pandemic when when all the supply chain stuff started. And then when interest rates were raised to kind of stave off inflation, it discouraged new home buying. And so so you know, basically the real estate market just froze. And when when that happens, you know, the the <clears throat> supply completely freezes even though nothing really happened, the demand is still right. there. But it does look like, you know, now that interest rates are are leveling off and, you know, builders are one more likely to to uh, borrow, but also the supply chain has been, you know, it, like you can actually purchase lumber and, and supplies right now. It does look like hopefully in the next year or so, there'll be some easing so that, you know, mm-hmm. there are some more affordable houses out there. Yeah, but there's, they're not saying that rent rates are going to go down anytime soon. Like, they, like this is just the new norm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. going to be like wages need to catch up sort of a thing. But it's either going to be wages know, need to drop. catch up or people are going to have to start losing properties. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's one or the other that we either raise w- wages or stuff gets so bad that all of these people that have, like I saw a dude in Phoenix had 95 Airbnbs and was, and was wondering why more than half of them were not uh, rented during the Super Bowl. And I'm like, Bro, first of all, you got 95 Airbnbs. I'm all up for capitalism, but come on, big dog. If you want to know why people can't get a house, it's because this man got 95 Airbnbs and nobody's using right now. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, that's what caused the housing crisis in the last three years is that investment bankers came in, investment groups came in and bought up all the open housing supply and then jacked up the prices to flip them and things like that to make money for their shareholders. And so like it priced out average consumers. And the same thing's happening with the rent, the with apartments. These apartments are being built by or bought up by major investment groups, hedge funds and stuff like that. And they have to have a certain return and yield. So that's why they're pushing rates up 30% a year and stuff like that. Because like it's not like a landlord anymore. It's like yeah. major hedge funds that, Blackstone. And, yeah, Blackstone yeah. stuff like that. And that's what's changed in the real estate market mm-hmm. in the last several years. It's like, because people were making so much money over the last five, six years, flipping houses and house prices were going up, then investors came in. Now, my hope is that with the apartment prices and, and housing stuff like, like freezing up, investors will get less interested, try to offload those mm-hmm. properties back to landlords mm-hmm. and like, you know, get out of the market, you know, so things can like get back mm-hmm. to normal, but not likely. So you got to just make a lot of friends and have a lot of roommates if you're a minimum wage worker right now. That's sad. Or, or look at a career in being a fighter jet pilot. Looks like there's going to be a big boom in that profession, especially if you're a dead eye. Because considering one of our main pilots missed the balloon first shot, <laughs> look, I feel like we auditioned in the next round of recruits here. I saw Top Gun. Should not be that just, hard. And I'm okay? going to say, avoid hot air balloon jobs. Like, don't take anybody up on a hot air balloon. <laughs> can you uh, imagine oh, right now? <laughs> if, if, can you imagine somebody's up there right like they they rented a hot air balloon to like propose or something <laughs> right, at, yeah. at, at oh, Twilight? Day. Oh my gosh! And, and they get shot missile. down. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Yo. Or so, or just some random like Billy Bob with his like season up there, like and he's kind of like launch stuff at it. He's yeah, like, doing I'm protecting right America. Yeah, doing. He's not. I'm protecting America. That's a Chinese hot air balloon. I ain't taking no chances. Hey, you just better make oh sure it's gosh. not like a white balloon with weird writing. Make sure it's the multicolored rainbow balloon. Like we all know, multicolored. You don't feel good about the chances with the multicolored rainbow balloon. <laughs> not, not with not in this. Every look, balloon fever swept the country. Okay, yeah. I mean, people, people are. Just people on the ground are going to be throwing rocks at you, okay? Much less fighter jets. Just stay out of the sky for yeah, a couple weeks. Just let, let this cool thing cool down bit. The black bit, is hot. You know? The black is hot. All right. What's yeah. the last thing you have, Emily? The <laughs> um, last thing I want to talk about um, is actually a really cool story. Um, there is uh, this Disney star named Joshua Bassett. Um, he's 22 years old. He uh, is a singer-songwriter. What's he been in? He's been on... Give me a second to say all this. High School Musical, the musical, the series... It was a show on Disney Plus. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, he was the main actor. Jesse's a big fan of that. Oh, obviously. I, I felt mm-hmm. like it was right up your lane. 
we 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 met his Emily. We met his other stuff. We knew that one. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Okay, okay, so Joshua Bassett. Now I will say this: when Emily and I were talking about the rundown before the show, I was like, I don't know. I mean, this guy's kind of a Disney star. Does anybody know who he is? And Emily goes, he's the ex-boyfriend that Olivia Rodrigo wrote her entire album about. Mm. And I was like, he's the, the drive down license. your street guy? Yeah. Wow. And it, she, she's like, yeah, that's the guy because they were both uh, Disney stars together and they dated when they did the show. Mm. I was like, okay, it makes the show then. If if he's yeah. the uh, ex. He's the driver's. I feel famous. bad that he's kind of only known for that because he has his own stuff. But it's like, no, you're the driver's license boy. Like we know that. That's what she did, right? They should have broke her heart. Yeah. It's now she's fault. driving down your she's driving down your yeah. street all alone. What kind of jerk are you? So I know. So I know. Before <laughs> yeah, we go any further, I love that pop stars are doing diss tracks. Like you know, it was one thing that was kind of <laughs> just for rappers at one point in time, battle rap. But pop star diss tracks from pop stars, I love it. All right, they got some good ones. But 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 the problem is, but the problem is like everything is game now. Like somebody like Jake Gyllenhaal is out here catching strays because Good. it's like, wait, is that Taylor Swift song about him? Ah, I don't know hey, about this hey, guy. Look, that's you know, how it's it like, is. 50 Cent and Ja Rule, man. They should have, hey, they opened up a can <laughs> and it's, it's what it is. <laughs> I like the idea that Taylor Swift ja and Olivia Rodrigo. Yeah. 50 Cent influence. There's Rodrigo. a direct line from 50 Cent and Ja Rule to Taylor Swift and then Olivia Rodrigo to Jason or Joshua Bassett. Hey, come who on, we're about that's to tell what you I'm about. saying. But, but, there's, there, but there's dudes like John Mayer who every time Taylor Swift released music, he's like, oh boy, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> he's the worst one of her exes. I will say that forever. He's absolutely the worst oh, one. So man. he deserves... According to her. According, according to the perspective of her songs. Have you ever heard Dear John? He's gotten sober. Mm. He's a different person now. Again, let people grow. And two, you're only here on one side. I'm not. Listen, please, listeners. I have no horse in this race. There's very few I could things I could throw care on a mob deep but. instrumental and let Tay Tay rock over that. That's what I'm trying to hear. I'm trying to hear her rock over <laughs> some '90s Wu Tang Clan, and she just go crazy on Cream. Like just just let Taylor just <laughs> just destroy John Mayer over uh over an Alchemist beat. I love it. Do I have some songs for you? <laughs> Dude, have you have you followed the the IG account um there I messed it up or something mm -hmm. like that where they, this guy takes like what you're talking about like Wu-Tang tracks with like pop songs and like mixes them and like you watch his sound waves. Oh, he's and, getting and a follow the end, right like, now. Yeah, dude, it's so funny. There's I found it because of Questlove. Like they, he finally did a Roots track, and so Questlove was like, "It's my favorite account," and whatever. So I started following it. You will love it. Anyway, what is the Joshua All I'm saying Bassett is listen news? to "Should Have, Could Have, Would Have," and you'll understand why people don't like John Mayer. Anyways, back to Joshua Bassett. Um, he, this has nothing to do with his career. Um, he actually became a Christian uh, recently. Uh, he uh, like sort of at the beginning of the year, he kind of started posting on social media just some things about. Um, clearly he was going on some sort of faith journey. And then on Monday he posted a video, he got baptized at Bethel. Um, and he wow. had just some really powerful stuff to say. We actually have the video. Um, if you want to play it, Jason, uh, my name is Joshua and long story short, I, uh, I grew up Christian and I ran the other way as far as I could go in pursuit of truth and to that Olivia only ended in, uh, addiction, depression, uh, suicidal ideation, eating disorders, etc. And no other teacher gave me anywhere near the peace that Jesus Christ did. That's right. All right, all right, all right. Shando, Shando. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm Come here on. to publicly declare him as my Lord and Savior. Let's go. Hey, look, all if right, I got this by Olivia Rodrigo, yeah. I'd probably be a Christian too. But get this, <laughs> get this by a pop star. Gotta be the, that gotta be the hardest thing Jail to swallow. Jailhouse religion. Oh, you lose it oh, all. Man. You're on your knees. Like, hey. then you find God. Oh, yeah, I'll find yeah. God. Bro, I'll find a guy. Joshua hit bottom, found Jesus because of Olivia's diss track. Bro, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. Hey, good for yeah, him. No, Welcome I, to the family, yeah, Joshua. Much love, Joshua. And I just love that he's very like, I mean, he has like millions of followers, especially and a lot of young followers too. So yeah. kind of like what we were saying, like it seems like there might be something in this next generation that something's stirring. We'll see. Let's see. All right. Well, you can watch that video and there's a whole lot more that we're covering every day over at relevantmax.com. Make sure to check it out. Make it part of your daily web browsing. All right. Thanks, Emily. All right. Stay tuned. Up next, SCU Worship joins us. Look, so what? So what? Goofy, yeah, he chose us. He chose. I got no luck. God's son showed up in the whip. 
cross on my back, pat on my neck. Who wanna go up? Act like you know. Act like you know. My brother in Christ, you wrong. What kind of time you want? Tell me whose side you want. Someone should write your songs. My motto is Jesus in therapy, so I don't need a bottle to carry me. He blessed me with a model, she married me. Only hobby is black, you Pharisees. You're listening to John Keith and No Big Deal. The song is Chose. Well, Relevant has a lot happening this year, and we don't want you to miss a thing. Make sure to sign up for our newsletter right there on the front page at relevantmagazine.com, and we'll send you our top five trending stories sent to your inbox every weekday. We'll also send you a weekly uh, podcast newsletter with the latest episodes, some uh, fan extras, and first peeks at the new shows that we're going to be rolling out throughout this year. Make sure to sign up. It's the best way to keep in touch with everything we got going on. Our guest today is Daniel Rivera from SEU Worship. They're an emerging worship collective from Southeastern University in Lakeland, Florida. They've been creating some exciting new music. So we sat down with them to discuss what the team's doing and their mission for reaching this generation of the church. Here's our conversation with Daniel Rivera. What are some things you've noticed about this generation? Like both the things they're struggling with and the things that they're passionate about. Um, wow. Yeah. Easy question. Uh, I know. <laughs> uh, it's something we think about and talk about a lot. You know, I'm, I'm 31 and all of our college students are 18 to 22 year olds, basically. Mm-hmm. And, um, I love, I love aging out as a millennial. It's like really funny like that. I'm, it's really, it's really refreshing for me for people to be talking about a new generation because (laughs) I was like tired of getting picked on as a millennial. (laughs) And, um, there's a lot I want to say about Gen Z. I'm kind of stalling right now thinking about what I want to say about our batch of students, but you asked specifically what they're struggling with. I think what they're, one of the things they're struggling with is authentic, uh, peer to peer relationships that have appropriate boundaries and that aren't purely surface and um, digital. So that's kind of been fun for us to navigate with the team up close and personal. Like, okay, so how do I be in community and relationship with people? Um, And because that's kind of the beauty of the kingdom of God is that we know one another, we bear, you know, each other's burdens and all that stuff, right? So it's like that community piece is so rich and and wonderful to watch them walk through. I think another thing they're they're struggling with is kind of where they fit in to the plan as of right now when it comes to the church at large. And specifically, I'm talking about artists right now because Gen Z is just the most, I'm so excited by our young, I'm just so excited by our college students. They're so creative, they're so smart and their output is crazy. So one of the classic sociological differentiators between millennials and Gen Z is that millennials are, um, we, we, we digest a lot, right? Like, so we, we're consumers is the word. We consume a lot of content, uh, binge watch. We invented binge watching. <laughs> but then for Gen Z, it'd be creators. Like they don't actually just look at their iPhone as something or whatever, their, their device, whatever that is, as something to consume content, but then to create content. And in my office, this conversation came up actually yesterday, really funny, like, I was commenting to one of uh, our staff who's a part-time student worker. You know, he's, he's tw- he just turned 21 yesterday. And we were talking about a 10-year gap between us and generational differences. And I said, like, it still throws me off that at any moment you guys will just pull out your phone and make a video as if, like... Like, I constantly forget that my phone can make quality video. Like, I just yeah, don't yeah. think of it like that. It's a place I go to do email or mm-hmm. text, you know what I mean? And it's like, they think of it as a creator kind of tool for them at all times and so social media for them is more than just a place to digest content it's a place to really be in and kind of exist and and to create and make things so it's fun to watch how all that stuff integrates um i think the takeaways for me is that we're not doing nearly enough in those spaces in social media to really reach them and to to show that there are uh, good ways to i don't know exist and and be kingdom people in that space. Ways, breathe upon my faith. There's a place where there are no limbs and you won't relent What can the church do to make sure that we are not only reaching those students in those places, but encouraging them as well? 
I think a big piece is giving them the keys earlier than they deserve it. Mm. <laughs> like, let them have access to the login of your Instagram, like, you know, like the youth Instagram account, the church Instagram account. Like, just be radical delegators of all that stuff and let them loose. And, you know, it's all, you can always take something down if you don't like it. <laughs> like, sure. just let them, let them, like, I, I've loved doing that. You know, I've loved letting people kind of loose and letting them take a, a, a peek at what it could could look like i think for us we feel very much like we have to to we, we still think about content as this like oh it has to be so polished and put together but it, one of the reasons i think like tiktok or instagram or any of these have been so i don't know effective in the next with that next gen piece is that they are so casual and it's so invitational that way and in some ways that sh kind of reflects more sp of our spirituality anyway shouldn't it right like mm -hmm. actually if you turn the camera on right now are you the person that you would be if you could so and to this point um back to my conversation i was having with our student worker yesterday uh his name is josiah and josiah goes josiah goes the most millennial thing you do dan is you do the millennial pause have you heard about the millennial pause oh gosh, when you make no, a video? i'm gonna be hyper aware of it what is it the millennial pause is whenever we start recording, there's like a two second pause. We go, hey, da, da, da. Yeah. like we, okay. we make sure it's recording. <laughs> and, and he's like, and he's like, literally, I never do that. I just push record and start talking. And I'm like, that's so funny. But that's like us. Like, it's like, I want to make sure it's working. Paul. And yeah, and I, I mean, they just literally plug and play, make it go push. It's not necessarily about. And this is the piece that I think is most helpful, probably is that it's not about the product itself as much as it's about is it authentically you and if it's authentically you over the course of time then people will gravitate towards that because more and more you can see through the polish and you just want to get to the heart of something you know and it's funny we'll do like we'll, we'll spend a day in the studio and make these really cool choreographed you know videos and put them on social media but the ones that work the best are when we're like just throw the camera up there let's just do it really like in the in this you know i don't know hallway whatever that stuff does the best and i think the authenticity piece is what it's about you feel like having you know because I feel like every year you're always adding these like new voices to your team like as new students come in so like how does that newness affect like the creative process and like the music that you're putting out oh it's the best <laughs> it's the best well first of all the, the new voices especially the young people they don't let you get away with non-cool stuff at all <laughs> <laughs> a blessing and a curse yeah <laughs> oh it's so humbling I love it <laughs> Like, I'll, you know, you'll do something and then they just look at you and you're like, yeah, like, oh, that wasn't it, was it? They're like, no, back to the drawing board, Pastor Dan. I'm like, okay, back to the drawing board. Let's go. And um, and so I love that part. And then the, the new voices, it honestly just inspires me. I think a, a huge piece, we have this conversation all the time is like, we have to learn how to kind of get out of the way for the next generation. It's so easy as things grow to be like, become a gatekeeper. And for all of us, we're just constantly having that conversation of we got to pass this on we got to keep on bringing more people into the fold we got to keep on like this thing has to feel like a river not a lake it can't all deposit into a thing it's got to feel like the river's just getting wider and wider and more and more stuff's coming through it and through it and through it and so that's it's just a huge cultural piece for us i know it's not it wouldn't fit everywhere but it fits for us to kind of have this element of always bringing in new people so the positives of it are the creative piece like it's always always inspiring us bringing in fresh ideas fresh perspectives fresh insights and then the kind of like kingdom ministry part of it that's really cool is there's this natural sort of paul timothy mentoring thing that happens of now i get to be with students that are trying to figure this out and um, if i'm doing it right if we're doing it right as a staff then we're, we're actually helping them to answer the questions that would have been stumbling blocks in some ways for us to try and get to a more mature version of our ministry and it's it's just fun we love it it's super rewarding um not without its challenges because it's certainly easy i mean it's certainly easier just to bring the vets together and make it happen but when we go this model of kind of like we're always trying to rope in the next generation we're always trying to hand it off and still kind of keep that like both and you know the mentoring and the up and coming yeah. 
it's just, we just find it to be so rewarding. And I feel like God smiles on it, honestly, and breathes on it because um, it just, it kind of forces us into a rhythm that I think is actually just really kingdom. That was Daniel Rivera. If you like what you heard and you want to check out some other uh, kind of emerging worship bands that we're excited about, check out, just head over to relevantmagazine.com and check out the article we did a couple days ago, uh, Five New Worship Groups You Need to Know. They're highlighted in there as well as some other great ones. All right, stay tuned up next. It's your feedback. Listening to Wallace, the song is Funeral. Today's show is brought to you in part by The Chosen. Season four of The Chosen is coming to theaters nationwide on February 1st, and this season has everything clashing kingdoms, rival rulers, and when they're threatened by the reality of Jesus' growing influence, religious leaders do the unthinkable, choose to ally themselves with the Romans. As the seeds of betrayal are planted in opposition to Jesus' message turns violent, he's left with no alternative but to demand his followers rise up. So get ready, relevant podcast listeners. February 1st is the big release day. Go get your tickets now at thechosenriseup.com. Okay, it's time for your feedback. Last week, we got talking about the fact that because the cost of living is so high, Emily clearly moved into a home goods, uh, looking at her back wall. No, she didn't move into a home goods. She's, she decorated her apartment and it got us talking about home goods and impulse buying and buying weird things like Jesse's rain sticks and things like that. Um, so we asked you, what's the weirdest item you've ever impulsively bought while you were out shopping? You hit us up at uh, Relevant Podcast on Twitter, and here's a few. Yo, it's some doozies replies. on here, bro. I ain't gonna even lie. <laughs> hey, uh, Noah Hodge. Oh, uh, why did you buy pumpkin spice goat cheese? I'm trying to understand. <laughs> I'll be honest, that actually sounds kind of good. No, it does it. not. What? Emily Brown. What? <laughs> I would try, here's the thing. Would you put it like on a cracker? I, well, yeah, I'm not just going to eat a chunk of goat cheese by itself. Um, what well, does I'm it taste like you... on a cracker? Like a grant? Like... That sounds disgusting. Listen, I love a good charcuterie board. I feel like that would be a great piece to add. And then you just, you get a little taste and stuff. That is a charcuterie board. That's what that's going to be. (laughs) Charcuterie is what that is. Pumpkin spice goat cheese on a charcuterie board is like that random cherry chocolate in the box of chocolates. And you bite into it and you're like, crap, I got the cherry Uh one. You get the cheese, Uh the pumpkin spice goat cheese. and you're It's the equivalent of, I I remember I used to have buddies that when we would go after like basketball practice to like, we'd go to like a Ruby Tuesday sometimes to get the salad bar. Oh yeah. You know, remember when Ruby Tuesdays had a legit salad bar. Oh yeah. And it was all you can eat. And they'd be, we would have that person in the group. They'd be like, "Hey, man, just fill me up a plate, and bring it back." Mm. You know, because they didn't want to pay for the salad bar. It was all you can eat. You know, little salad bar shenanigan there. Well, the prank was you would go get the pudding at the end, mm-hmm. get a nice base layer of pudding, and then make the salad on Mm-mm. top of it. Mm-mm. So there are a few Mm-mm. bites in Mm-mm. before they hit the pudding Mm-mm. middle. Mm-mm. You know, uh-uh. no, Jesse, that is <laughs> Emily. Disgusting. You're talking about Jesse, the same. That is, to- that but is that's what an pudding incredibly different is. thing. And that's terrible. Pumpkin spice. But uh, listen, I'm no, just that's gonna what say, you do if you put that on the I'm just gonna say this because I love y'all, and then when I say y'all, y'all know who I'm talking about. I'm gonna know. say this specifically: white women. Y'all cannot put pumpkin spice on everything. I love y'all. I love look they. they Derek, they disagree. I, I mean, disagree I'm just going to speak for them. Disagree. I hear you. <laughs> I have to live my truth. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Look, I'm just saying. I can't disagree, spice, though. Pumpkin spice goat cheese right. is a, that's a wild thing. Like, I'm like, I'm, man. I, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I run into that on a charcuterie board in the wild. It's not, you know, dinner. I'm not saying it's the greatest thing. I'm saying I would buy it and try it. 
That's that's all I'm gonna say. I'm not. It's not an immediate. Hey, man. hey that relevant bag is great because I'm like, yo, I got a, I only got a limited amount of money to spend. I'm not finna buy no pumpkin spice goat cheese, dog. I'm gonna keep it real <laughs> with you. I was gonna say when when people look at the, the the fall of modern Babylon, they're gonna it started with pumpkin spice goat Big cheese. Facts. They went too far. They played God. They played God. It's only so far you, you can just go. Don't do that. Pumpkins and cheese never were never meant to intertwine. So yeah. The lattes, I was with that. The creamers, I'm with that. You know what I'm saying? Pumpkin spice, uh, the little cheesecakes, I'm with that. Now we going on into the goat cheese. Mm-hmm. We can't do that. Oh, it's going way past that. Yeah, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. All right. Uh, Kristen McCaslin says that she bought pajamas at a grocery store once. At Kroger, specifically. I had no idea that Kroger sold pajamas. Where, where did they, where were the big What Kroger, section the big did Kroger you buy store. that out of? No, what, hold on, wait a second. There's a big Kroger? Like, is there a Kroger that's like super Walmart that they have non groceries there? Yeah. Yeah, you can buy like where? clothes. You can buy like patio furniture. You can buy. Um, no. So you go get your. You lying, Emily Brown. This no, gotta be in Texas. In my, well, yeah. I mean, yeah, there's one in my hometown. Um, but yeah, like you can buy. Tons of stuff. There's like a whole section that's like lifestyle things, whatever. Texas yeah, doing like too much. And stuff. Texas doing everything's bigger. I've seen Texas. pajamas at like Rite Aid before. <laughs> when when I see like Rite Aid pajamas, I get curious. Like you ever you ever go down, you walk in a Rite Aid, and like in our aisle they have some random sweatshirts and like flannel pants, and, and you just are very curious about who made the trip to Rite Aid today and walked out with three new Hanes sweatshirts and <laughs> some flannel pants. Along with their no, nah, it's people. It's true. people that shop shop at Rite Aid. Like they got a basket. They going up and down every yeah. aisle. Like Rite Aid got a. You know they about sixty two years old, but you know they there. Yeah, can can one of y'all read the William Hahn one? I can't pronounce that word, so I'm not going to try. William Hahn. I don't think anyone can. Uh, spicy dried caterpillars at a gas the, station. The next line. Mm. Ugadugu? Caviar of the Sala? It's a hall. No, not that. The uh, next William line. William Hahn is a traveler. We're just going to say the that. He William Hahn bought at, spicy dried caterpillar. At, at a gas station in Oogla Boogla. And he had them with <laughs> IMB SBC president and Dr. Paul Chitwood. And they ate them. Listen, I don't know why y'all did that. But, you know, I'm praying for y'all. This probably Spicy better, dried caterpillar. Probably tasted better than pumpkin spice. Uh, okay. No. Go-doo-doo a cheese. caterpillar? A bug. You would rather yeah, eat a bug taste. than goat cheese. Yes, spicy. Yes. Because you could put hot sauce on everything, yeah. but not pumpkin spice. Yeah. Uh, Anna Lawrence said she bought bacon soda once. So that anyway, sounds There's more where that came from. Bold choices. Go check them out. All right. It's time for this week's editorial question of the week. So for this week's question of the week, we want you to ask us your question of the week. So this is an Ask the Cast edition of the feedback segment. So hit us up, just ask us anything and we will answer them on next week's show. Could be, could be life, life questions, you know, balloon questions, revival, whatever you want to know, hit us up on Twitter at relevant podcast. And also you can message us on Instagram at relevant magazine and we will, uh, we'll do it next week. I like these. These are some of my favorite episodes when uh, they send in questions. Well, before we wrap things up, I want to thank Daniel Rivera uh, from SEU Worship for joining us. Make sure to check out the article we did with them and four other kind of emerging worship groups. It's a great little roundup that we did over at relevantmagazine.com. It's right there. You can find it on the front page. Um, Also, while you're at the site, make sure to check out Relevant Plus. It's our best way to experience our content. You can get this podcast ad-free. You get ad-free reading at relevantmagazine.com, unlimited reading as well. Uh, You get a a special subscriber podcast and you get a beautiful ad-free enhanced edition of our quarterly digital magazine. There's more stuff in the pipeline for this year as well. Plans start as little as $250 a month. If you're annoyed by ads and you want to support our work, Relevant Plus is right there. You can find out more by clicking the tab there at relevantmagazine.com. Okay. On that note, we will wrap things up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Emily Brown. I'm Derek Miner. We will see you on Tuesday. Have a great weekend, everyone. Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. 
Check out our features, interviews, and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com. And make sure to follow Relevant on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest. For more great podcasts, browse the shows on the Relevant Podcast Network, which you can find at our site. And while you're there, don't miss the all-new era of Relevant Magazine. A new issue releases every other month at relevantmagazine.com. I think we put Stapleton in the fighter jet. Relevant Podcast Network. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.